All right, we're back. Another episode of the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. I'm Cliff. Chocolate Buddha in the house. We kicking back in our second home, Shibuya, in an old school van. Some call it the Shaggin' Wagon. We just call it the Mobile Man Cave. But anyway, we are here in Tokyo, all these beautiful ladies walking around. And uh, might be some few beautiful guys, but, you know, I don't look at hard heads. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we just, hey, we're just here to have a wonderful time with some wonderful people. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and just to, you know, for new listeners, first time hearing us, uh, we are a podcast that focus on the lives of mainly foreigners, but also Japanese as well. Uh, people who are in the international community here in Tokyo doing all types of things. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, we've had on writers, actors, uh, film directors, sex worker. We we cover it all. We cover it all. That's um, why we roll. <laughs> I guess, right? <laughs> but yeah, we, we just we just would like to highlight the community and in and, and all aspects in, in all fields, right? Um, of course, there's a lot of media these days you, you can, you know, use to learn about Japan. But we, we I think we provide somewhat a unique perspective. In, in other content. words, yeah. we ain't talking no sushi temples and shrines and shit in this motherfucker. No, you know no, saying? yeah, yeah. We, we stay away from that tourist yeah, type of stuff. Right, there's so right. many ways you can learn about Japan and, and the the tourist, the touristy part that, you know, like you said, the temples and the shrines and the sushi, you can go to YouTube and see all of that. That's uh, right. It's good, but it ain't here. But yeah, we like to have more in-depth discussions on the lives of people here and what they're doing. Right? A lot of people so, doing a lot of things here. All right. So our guests today are two... How, how should I introduce these guys, man? They're, they're, they're father and son, which is which mm-hmm. is the dope thing, which is mm-hmm. really cool. And I'll let them introduce themselves because they, they can do it a lot better than I can. So go ahead. I'm Lloyd Peace. Um, I've been in Japan since January 24th, 2013. And after a long career in the U.S. in Washington, D.C. at AT&T, I decided to come to Japan at 68 years old to try something different. Uh, and the unique thing was, is that in a classic case of role reversal, I followed my son, Tom. Wow. Yeah, well, uh, Dad, that is a, a interesting case. And um, I guess I've been thinking about for years, I was, you know, wanting you to visit me. And uh, finally, it wasn't just a visit, but it was you actually coming here, living, working, so um, pretty amazing. So Tom Peace here. I'm the younger of the pieces here. So uh, um, a little bit about myself. I've been here in Tokyo since 2004. Um, but I originally came here for the first time in 1994. I like to say when Hosokawa, if anybody remembers the prime minister, Hosokawa, then uh, followed by a lot of them after that. I was here during that time. It was the the Hanshin earthquake. It was the Om Shinriko. A lot of stuff happened oh, in 94, yeah, wow. 95. So I was here for two years, went back to the States for eight years, and then returned in 2004. Um, was here for, you know, I guess six, seven or so years. And then finally, you know, my dad came over, and we've been uh, collaborating, uh, communicating, 
And um, this is our first time, I think, to be on a podcast together. Oh, so, that's uh, that's dope. So, uh, hey, glad, glad we can on. be a part of that and, and, and uh, showcase yeah. that. Well, we like appreciate that. it. Hey, this is amazing. So yeah. we're glad to be here. Yeah, I've known I've known you two for for some time now. Uh, kind of met what, Print Cow somewhere, mm-hmm. probably yep. somewhere yeah. in some event, you know, in the international community. And uh, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to get you guys. Well, actually, I had a blog back way way back, and and I wrote about them, and it was a pretty it got a lot of hits, you know, got a lot of shares on Facebook, and I decided to do away with the blog, and voila, a podcast came about, and I, you know, invite you guys on the podcast to tell your your story via the podcast. Aloha, this is Brother Motes Music, and you're locked in to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. Yeah, you... This brother say he came over here at 68 years old. I'm telling you, he looks younger than me. <laughs> and I'm 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 kind of a little way younger than him, but this brother looks fantastic. And to come over here, you know, what what you know like a lot of people at 68 years old, for example, would be like uh Okay, I'm at the end of my journey. I'm at the end of my rope. I'll just sit around with the old lady and get bored, maybe go do some fishing. But you decided to say, hey, I'm I'm just getting started again. What, what's up? What's up with that energy? Uh, everybody asks me the same question. And I say, well, maybe I should put it out on the Internet so people can buy it. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, for some reason, I feel every day that I'm just getting started. Oh, that's... Uh, you know, and uh, I'm not just saying it. Um, maybe part of that is part of my routine is I go to an acupuncturist once a month. I do Ashisubo once or twice a month. I do chiropractic once a month. I try to do yoga, Pilates, and I meditate 10 or 15 minutes every day. And I think it's part of my regimen. Yeah. And I think it's the combination. I think it's, you know, when you think about East meets West, you know, they're, 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 excellent things in both but for me you know the combination you know Ishoni is uh, probably one of the root reasons for my energy and I've run a few marathons I ran a New York City marathon oh wow I ran a marathon here Fujisan around Lake Kawaguchiko so so I try to I think my main the key is my focus on health and wellness now of course you know I I'm a human guy, so, you know, I, I, I'm, I bring balance, you know, I like Dasai. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I would say the reason for my energetic nature mm. is that what I try to do is to bring, you know, my health and wellness perspective into what I like to call my coaching persona. Uh, at, at 74, you know, I may be a teacher, but I use my life experiences more as a coach and a trainer than just a teacher. So, and then uh, with Tom, what we're trying to do is to build a platform, which we'll talk about in a few, so that we can offer content to people, you know, whatever it happens to be. Uh, It could be presentations, business English, uh, preparation for various tests like TOEIC, IELTS, Aiken, uh, TOEFL, you know, that's that's my specialty. And so Tom has other specialties, and I think uh, you can talk about those. Yeah, and I'll do that. Uh, but I just wanted to mention, yeah. uh, just the the, the, the father son uh, dynamic. Yes. So when I grew up, you know, of course I observed you, you know, what whatever I could, and I just remember, you know, waking up early, mm. you waking up early, playing racquetball, 
in the morning, wow. playing tennis, um, doing yoga, uh, drinking herbal teas or, you know, using tiger bombs and just um, always being energetic, always looking for, you know, something that was health and wellness related, something that was going to, you know, just make you a top performer. You know, I didn't think of it that way at the time, but that's what I remember is you've always had this energy and this desire to do, you know, things that were going to be, you know, good for your health and wellness. So um, that focus has always been there. Yeah. And, and, I, you I know, just want a taste of it yeah, if yeah. I can get it. And speaking of the dynamic, I, I don't know if you've ever got this, probably got this joke, the last name, Peace. You know, it was just, it was just when, I, when I first heard of you guys, I was like, I learned about you. I was like, okay, two brothers, black brothers, mm. father and son, mm-hmm. with the last name Peace. Hey, and it is P-E-A-C-E. Yeah, it is exactly. Peace. It, yeah. yeah, it's spelled the way, yeah. Heywa. Heywa, yeah. 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 And people yeah. always ask me, is that your real is family that your real name? name? Yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah, you know. Yes, it is. You know, so. Wow. And there's, there's some pieces out there. So there is? There's some I pieces I, out there. I don't think I've ran into any pieces. Yeah, I, I've never ran into any pieces here. And I will say this. Like I say, we ain't got no camera in this joint. But when you see these two, they look so peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's, like, it's, maybe like it's the meditation. <laughs> it could be. Well, yes, the, or the medication. Oh, the medication. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they ain't reached that legal status okay. here yet, but uh, yeah. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what you don't know won't hurt. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah. Tom, you were the first uh, to journey over here to Japan. Yes. And why was that? What? Why did you? Yeah, so interesting way it got started. So to make a, a real long story, kind of medium uh, length. Um, so I was uh, bartending in Washington, D.C., going to American University, uh, graduated 1992, right? Uh, I was in the School of International Service. I was going to go into the Foreign Service or maybe a corporation in the Foreign Department or something. Of course, that was right in the teeth of a recession. And Bill Clinton came in. First thing he said is, we're going to freeze all hiring. We're not going to give the exam for the Foreign Service for three years. And so, okay, plan B. I have no plan B. Uh, but my boss was from Indonesia. He said, well, Tom, why don't you teach English in Japan? You know, you, you'd have a great time over there. I'm like, I don't speak Japanese. It's a far away. I've never taught English. You know, how is this going to work? He said, well, there, there's a book or this flyer I saw in University of Maryland. It says, you know, send us $35. Send, send us $35. We'll give you a book on how to teach English in Asia. I said, okay, definitely a scam. <laughs> but I happened to be at the university, uh, uh, Smith School of Business MBA program, which I now do consulting to uh, help people get into, a uh, different story. But I got the, the flyer. I sent the check. I got the book. It said Taiwan, Korea, or Japan. And uh, I said, well, you know, I always loved uh, Mahagogo and uh, Star Blazers, all that stuff. Let me try Japan. I applied uh, a couple different companies. Uh, Geos gave me uh, an interview. They said, you got to come to Toronto for the interview. And that you got to buy, you, you know, your hotel. There's no guarantee you're going to get the job. And so the plane ticket, uh, I think it was by train, 500 bucks, another maybe 500 in expenses. <clears throat> Dad, I got this, uh, uh, this idea, <laughs> this plan, this vision of teaching English in Japan. And I don't even remember what the response was, but the cash was there. And okay. so I went ahead and went there. I applied, interviewed. I got the job. Uh, they assigned me to Hirataka uh, down in the Shonan. As I mentioned, I lived there for a couple of years. So that's what, that was 1994. I came here in February, and I was there for two years. And after that, you know, as I mentioned, I was back and forth. 
but I just always loved being here. So I ended up uh, coming back uh, at some point. But that's the that's the origin story. Talk talk about the initial uh, culture shock. Because you said you, you didn't really know much about Japan. You didn't speak mm-hmm. the language. Um, yeah, well, how was it? It was interesting. I expected it to be worse. You okay. know, I was ready. I had the vest on. You know, I, I, I <laughs> bulletproof. You know, culturally bulletproof, ready. You know, okay. I'm a little dark, you know, so they're going to be, you know, looking at me like I'm dark. Okay, I'm ready for that. I'm from America, been there, done that. Okay, um, I don't speak Japanese. They're going to be laughing at me because I don't speak Japanese. I'm ready for it, you know. I was bulletproof. First thing that happened when I came here, they picked me up at the at the airport, you know, with the sign there, with the big smile, this little petite manager. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How was your flight? I'm like, yeah, it was fine. So... Short story, long story short, it was great. I didn't get any kind of blowback about that. And, um, you know, I guess the, the biggest shock it wasn't the people because they were, you know, just amazing. You know, Japanese people were wonderful and welcoming to us. But uh, interesting, my friend, uh, you know, he called me a couple months later. We, before we had cell phones, I don't even remember how we could talk on the phone back then. Probably KDDI 001. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, he said, Tom, what's it like over there? What's it like? He's, I was like, it's good, but it's it's Japanese. Everything is Japanese. <laughs> Everyone's Japanese. And so there's no diversity. So that was the biggest shock for me is that everybody basically from the outside was very similar. Mm. And coming from America, you know, we're just used to seeing different people, you know, visually. But here, everybody basically looks the same. But I do understand on the inside, they're quite diverse mm-hmm. over gotcha. here. So, but it took me a while to get used to having to dig deeper to understand just because you got the same color hair and the same color skin the same color eyes doesn't mean they have the same kind of thinking over here and you got to get to know people right, before right. you can start judging for real over here too yeah. and of course anybody's the same but that was the first culture shock for me so arriving here as a black guy did some kid walk up to you and start break dancing or something no, Nobody. that was when I went to Europe. They said, "Oh, can you do the Running Man?" <laughs> and I was like, "For you, yes." <laughs> How about Papa Peace? I mean, was it a culture shock for you? Well, let me go back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I worked at AT and T. You know, and you know AT and T, uh, being from the states. You know, it was the biggest telecommunication company in the world at that point. But it was before cell phones. It was before mobile. So I worked for AT&T for 32 years. And I was in sales, marketing, operations, uh, human resources, and a technician. Just enough to be dangerous. (laughs) Uh, But my client was the military. So I walked the halls of the Pentagon for probably five or six years, you know, selling different things and traveling all over the many bases. Uh, I traveled to Navy bases, uh, Air Force bases, ground force bases, and all of the national laboratories, including Los Alamos, which is where they built, you know, many things. And so uh, under this particular program, we established the first secure video teleconferencing system, out of which grew GPS in 1986. Hmm. So I had an opportunity to travel up to Bell Laboratories, Uh, you know, some very interesting opportunities. And as a result, I knew technology, or at least technology back then. So when I retired from AT&T after 32 years, I actually became a day trader. I was able to take out a significant amount of cash from the company. Most people spread it out over the course of their life. I took mine as a lump sum. 
and I became a day trader. And Tom and I would actually have these investment seminars in, uh, in which I would actually study deeply the various kind of stocks. For example, for fiber optics, I would look at the top company, Corning, but I would also look at the subsidiary companies just in case there was an acquisition. So, uh, long story, made a lot of money and an investment strategy world they call bulls, bears, and pigs. Yes. I was a pig. Hold on. Well, I, I think I've heard of bulls and bears, but I've never heard of Pig is a, a pig? person who never sells, holds on, okay. and thinks that everything will always continue the same way, especially gotcha. in a positive way. So, I had made lots of money, and May 2013 was Black Friday, 2001. And uh, the stock market, at least the tech market, started to tumble, and uh, I tumbled with it. And uh, so I took my lumps. Um, and I guess if I look at things, you know, realistically, that was kind of a, kind of a low point. Uh, so after suffering that, and uh, really it, it took a toll on me, I think, emotionally, more so than I, than I really want to admit to myself, it, kind of looking back in retrospect. So um, I decided at that point, you know, money was very important, especially to me. But I decided to come to Japan at the urging of Tom and some of his friends. And after being here for six years, uh, I've come to a realization that, of course, financial stability is important, but, you know, uh, quality of life and work-life balance and, uh, and those things are, are as important. Now, believe me, I want the money back, <laughs> but uh, certainly, uh, you know, I, you know th things, I think I've, I've, I've kind of recovered a lot of my lost ground emotionally. So, okay. uh, and after coming here, uh, actually, interestingly, my son was my first sponsor to get my visa. Oh, you know, nice. so that was a pretty interesting thing. And then, you know, after that happened, you know, you know, we all go through the visa story. So, right. you know, so right now I'm on a three-year visa. And uh, hopefully within a couple of cycles I can apply for permanent residencies because I plan on living here forever. Wow. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. In peace, right? Yeah. In peace. In peace. <laughs> In peace. After yeah. picking up the pieces. After picking up the pieces. That's uh, not very nice. After picking up the pieces. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So so let's talk about this this English school. Mm -hmm. DC English. DC English. Yes. Started DC English school in two thousand nine. Um, okay. I had been in Ichikawa. Kind of uh, just a uh, the backstory here. I was on a flight uh, back from the U.S. And I was talking to the lady sitting next to me, talking about, wow, I've got these plans to start a school, but I need some space. You know, I want it to be some groups, you know, to move around. She's like, oh, well, we have a house out in Ichikawa. Maybe you can rent that. I was like, Ichi, excuse me? <laughs> Ichi, what? <laughs> so uh, I ended up going out there and uh, renting a house uh, with living with them. They were great. They were a massage therapist. And so, you know, we kind of did a service exchange. And I teach English, you know, get the, get the massage. And then I can also market to get my students. And it was a great experience, but it was kind of far out there. Mm. And it was hard to get enough students to really make it, you know, profitable and sustainable. So um, at a previous school I worked at, their school closed. And it was near, uh, it was in Yoyogi Uehara. 
And so, um, you know, obviously Westside, very nice place. And, I, and they said, well, Tom, you know, our school's closing down, you know. Um, uh, what about your school? I was like, yeah, well, if y'all want to come all the way out to Ichikawa, sure. And they're like, no, 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 we can't do that. I was like, well, if you had a, somewhere I could come closer to you, that would, that would do that too. And one student raised her hand. She said, actually, we have a house. It's now for rent. The, uh, it was a uh, textile gallery for about 20 years. And before that, it was a clinic. And so retail space, but living upstairs, pretty large space in Meidai Mai. And so she said, well, if you want to rent it, you know, you can open up a school there and then the students will be the base to start it. And so I talked to the students and uh, we got a little core that created the management team and they gathered, uh, you know, enough students to make it viable, you know, to get it started there. Opened it up in 2009, June. And just ran it as a group lessons and then adding private lessons, a lot of events, uh, barbecues, parties, you know, the, the cultural experience. Uh, it was great. You know, we had the, the, the big screen, the seven surround sound speakers for the mm. movies, you know. So I invited people over and it's just like, wow, amazing. Um, so that was a great. We had about a nine-year run, but actually uh, two years ago, a little bit less, the uh, the owner of the place she actually passed away. It was the the mother of my student, so they actually turned that into a condominium, which was just finished, and so I had to move out of that location. So now we're kind of transitioning and saying, okay, the the the, the lessons are there. I've got private students, and I've, I've developed a curriculum. It's very stable. You know, but what's the next step? You know, beyond, you know, having a retail location that's an English school, there's a lot of English schools to choose from, and it's a pretty competitive market. However, I do think if you have a, a, a teacher and a community school, there's enough people in that area that will come to you to have a sustainable business. You know, I think I could probably do this forever and just stay in the same area. But uh, when I came here in 2004, just going back to that, that backstory as well, is um, I was working for an internship program, bringing Japanese over to D Washington, D.C., about 30 at a time, and train them up in English, business, computers, career, resume, cover letters, and get them ready to get an internship in the U.S. And so spend maybe five months in the training program, and then they would go out, and then another group would come in. 9-11 hit and of course first thing that happened is you know people stopped coming to the u.s for study abroad um and then the war in iraq it just became very risky and so uh, that program you know lost a lot of its customers um so i decided to come back to japan in 2004 and say hey well if they're not going to come there maybe i can do that preparation from here and to help them to go over there and also to help more americans come here and I didn't really uh, have you in mind necessarily as an English teacher, um, but um, that was always in my, my mind. A lot of Americans could come here, even if it wasn't to teach English forever. It's an easy way to get started. You can pay some bills off if you're a you know, university graduate. If you're a retiree, you can restart if you want. Um, so I really wanted to create a system to help Americans come here to teach English and Japanese to go back to the U.S., particularly Washington, D.C., Hence the name DC English School. It was the Barack Obama boom time at the time, and you know it was it was booming. You know, a little 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 boomy now, but yeah, uh, yeah. things change. So, uh, but that's still my concept, and that's still my dream is in mission really is to really facilitate uh, educational and work exchange between U.S. and Japan, Tokyo and DC. So I'm um, still working on what's what's the concrete idea and what's the methodology there, but I really look forward to working with uh, my dad to do that. I know you've got ideas and uh, skills in that area. 
And anybody who's listening, you got ideas or skills too, hey, you know, feel free to collaborate and uh, contact and uh, let's make it work if that's also, you know, something you're interested in. Now, the education, education in Japan, mm-hmm. um, at least uh, specifically English, the ability of Japanese people, where are they at? Because, you know, they've been learning English for a long time and I'm, I'm always trying to get an understanding of how much they can use it in, in, in a practical in practical situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what is the level of interest of these students, right? Um, I was talking with, uh, a f- actually I was watching a video not too long ago, and one guy who's actually teaching in China right now, he's, he taught in Japan, and he was, in his opinion, he, he said that Chinese people learn English to make money. Like they they're more set on how I can use English to make money or to get from point A to point B and B to C. Um, talk about it like with, amongst Japanese people. I mean, you you've taught English to a lot of Japanese people. What, what's the uh, what's the goal? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I'd like to yeah. get uh, you know uh, I'll talk briefly and then get your opinion as well because you're as being a little fresher you know mind you know after so many years I don't want to you know give a, a jaded opinion but yeah and, I, a, little, and, and a little before and a little older be, yeah. before I, before I let you answer that too yeah. I wanted to also add that he he said that mm-hmm. he felt that a lot of Japanese are just learning it as like a um, a fad or, or this mm-hmm. cool thing you know mm-hmm. I can speak English oh I'm cool this is cool. Yeah, but with Chinese people, he felt that it was a lot more. They 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 were they were they they had they they were envisioning something in, in the future with mm-hmm. using English and, and making money. Yeah, I mean, I, I would basically agree with that. You okay. know, in general. However, I would say I've seen some changes over the years. When I first came here, it was English as a hobby. You know, of course, there are business English and people, but. You know, recently a lot, when I started my school, there were a lot of hobby English, a lot of housewives and people. It was fun, like you said, or even brain training, you know, hey, to you know, prevent dementia, I should learn a language. But recently, most of my students are business. Um, they, their company has now been taken over and their boss is now from Canada. And I wish I had studied English harder. I need an intensive English program and I need a native speaker. So it's changing a lot, but I, you know, I guess maybe that's also me changing. My focus has narrowed where I'm trying to attract more business English or prepare for an MBA. But I think in general, just I can see a trend that it's becoming more like China as Japan becomes more international. Yes. They are getting more serious about that as well. Okay. Did you have any something to add to that, Mr. Peace? Yeah. Um, so I've been teaching, coaching, training for about five and a half years. And I guess based on my age, uh, maybe not necessarily, but uh, most of the clients that I deal with, and I I work in Ginza for the most part, are business-oriented. And I also run across many people who uh, require advanced or improved test scores. So we hear this thing called TOEIC, or if you're going to study abroad, it's TOEFL or Aiken or IELTS. So... What I've tried to do over the last two years is to try to focus on these test preparation methodologies to help people actually improve their test scores. Uh, And in some cases, it's a bit subjective. You know, how do you measure uh, proficiency in English speaking? But, uh, you know, but over time, you have an ear. You can can kind of make, make an assessment as to people's improvement. 
Um, in addition, um, I'm not going to go too much into it, but I, I have another gig in which I'm working with uh, members of the uh, Japanese military uh, who are preparing to go overseas to work in the uh, Japanese embassy. So uh, that keeps me on my game because they're going to every place in the world, uh, Vietnam, China, Russia, Italy, you name it, Mongolia, Afghanistan. So what we do is to study the English news newspapers in the various countries. And so you know, if, if I had the kind of intellectual curiosity in university that I have now, I probably would have been a pretty good student. But uh, I find myself uh, engaged in content, uh, content, I guess, just engulfing stuff every day. Uh, you know, maybe it's overload, but uh, I feel that in order to provide a good product, I've got to be ready. And so, uh, and I try to, you know, provide the best product that I can. And Tom mentioned curriculum development, and that's something that, you know, really is important to me. Is that what I try to do now is when I meet a person, I try to immediately make an assessment as to what that person needs uh, for their improvement and to create a, a specific and particular uh, curriculum for that person. It's, it's difficult to do with so many students, but, you know, but that's my methodology. And uh, we try to use various tools. Sometimes we, you know, we have uh, you know, what, uh, mind mapping tools, a uh, way to graphically lay out uh, curriculum development. So um, I, I guess to answer your question directly, uh, with the clients that I deal with, for the most part, uh, it's not just hobby English. You know, there's a purpose. Uh, people need to study English. They need to improve their English fluency for their jobs. So, yeah, I I think I read somewhere that like Rakuten, the CEO, he was trying to uh, implement this uh, English speaking work environment. Um, I'm not sure how to, how well that's going. <laughs> For, for, I think uh, it's going real good. I've got a couple students who know oh, something a little bit about that. Okay. And, uh, they are that that's serious. They do communicate in English and uh, inside the company. Um, but you know, the I guess my issue with the education, you know, uh, challenge here is that to become good at something, you need a lot of practice, a lot of hours. You need to be surrounded. So I'm also a musician. I play the bass in a couple of local bands. And, um, you know, you could, you could learn the scales, you could, you know, even learn the song, but if you stop playing the song or you're not playing frequently, you just lose your, your muscle memory. You know, you lose your calluses and then you try to play it again. It takes you time to warm up. You need to be surrounded by music or surrounded by what you're doing, your skill is. And that's where, you know, I'd really like to see more happen in Japan is more English speakers, um, interacting with the Japanese in English, and I'm not sure how that happens. Uh, I'm assuming at a Rakuten or a big company, most of the employees are still Japanese, and so to have Japanese speaking to Japanese, I mean, hey, it sounds like a good idea. It just doesn't sound like it's gonna, you know, be the optimal way, yeah. you know? So get more, you know, international people into the companies, into the country, and just make this an international environment, and English is gonna come out because it has to. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. So you have what it seems to be you have a, a variety of students, right? You have you have the, the one that's studying for the TOEIC, then you have the one who's working Japanese company and needs to learn English. Um, talk about the, the curriculum that you have. Um, if you're if you're teaching English to um, um, I don't know, 
junior high school kid. What type of methods are you using to to um, teach them English? Is it yeah? Is it book? Is it is it conversational? And if when it's conversational, what are you talking about? Or like you know, especially when they don't speak English well. Yes. What do you <laughs> yeah. talk about? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good point. So what I've tried to develop is something that uh, will touch on all those points. You know, it's going to be some pronunciation, some phonics. You know, just the basics. Get the R's and L's early. You know, get yes. the, the uhs Which and is a the, thing the, the hotto. It's hot. At least where I'm from, yeah. it's hot. <laughs> you know, so get get. That's how we say it. You know, from D.C. or from you know you know mid mid America. Um, but then yes, there's some of the the vocabularies. There's there's a little bit of everything. But yes, there's a conversation starting with the basic sentence Q and A. You know. And, you know, of course, it's what's your name, where you're from, you know, would you like to do this? Would you prefer to do this or that? But a lot of that, you know, is going to be taught in the in the education system. I do believe English is getting better in the education system itself. And so uh, most countries, when they teach English, it's done in the school. You know, my understanding in India, in Hong Kong or where it's taught effectively, the school system teaches the language skills and that's where it should be taught so i'm trying to focus on what they might not get in that school system yes. which is the the output you know so where are you from i'm like where are you from mm. uh what do you do mm -hmm. uh would you prefer a or b would you prefer a or b unless it's you know uh cream and sugar because then there's an option would you like cream uh, cream or sugar you know so those kind of nuances of how to input sound like a native speaker so yes everything's included but flip it we do you know uh, one minute of uh, or two minutes of phonics and then we do two minutes of conversation and two minutes of vocabulary and then two minutes of vocab uh, grammar so keep it moving for the junior high school the younger students and so it's always fresh and um, the key point for me is tracking what did you get right that's done what did you get wrong? We're going to do it again. If you got it wrong again, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it. It's a mastery-based program. Give them enough time. 80% is fine. The 20% is an issue. We're going to focus on the 20%, and that's all we need to do. You don't need to do that anymore. You're good. But the part that is not not perfect, but, you know, I'd say 99%, 98%, let's do it one more time, and let's do it until you got it right. Again, my bass playing, you know, I played for a guy, uh, Butch, you know, he said, hey, you make a mistake, one note, you got to do it again. One note, it's only one note is wrong. I want it to sound right. Play it like the record. And if you're going to play The Temptations or James Brown, you know, you got to get that bass line. And if you make one mistake, everybody can hear it. So we got to play it again. And that's the mentality I, I bring to my English teaching. Do it until it's right. So, um, but on the other hand, you know, I'm interested to hear, you know, Dad, because I think you might have a different perspective. When you're dealing with your high-end conversation, these top, these guys are going overseas, you know, you're focusing more on, you know, the topics, the knowledge, how to express or explain, you know, what are, what are things that you kind of focus on helping your clients with? Yeah, um, I would say that, you know, for the most part, we focus on, if indeed there's some pronunciation issues, I want to make sure because, you know, when they work in an environment in which English is the lingua franca, when every one of their counterparts will be speaking English, I want to make sure that at least, you know, the basic general mistakes are corrected. Uh, so, and I don't teach elementary school teachers or junior high school teachers, so most of the, the, the clients are adults. And so it, it is about, you know, trying to improve critical thinking skills. And 
in order to do that, you've got to be able to communicate in English. And uh, you're right, it, it's, it's, it's more about the output. And I think the Japanese school system, for the most part, is focusing on input, but I think that may be changing. Okay. So what I try to do is to make sure that I can select topics or have people bring in topics, um, you know, try to integrate uh, technology. If, if indeed there's some misunderstanding about context, about words, we use Google Translate mm -hmm. in which we can hear the English version as well as the Japanese version. So, and as I mentioned, we use some other computer tools, mind mapping, and maybe some of the dashboard tools, Trello, etc. So uh, what I try to do is to use a hybrid approach uh, okay. to make sure that uh, the clients can improve their English proficiency, and that is hybrid using technology, as well as face-to-face -face communication. And often there's uh, the uses of textbooks or some other English language content material. Uh, I also, uh, especially with the higher end students, you know, I'll go to some of the think tanks uh, in the U.S. and I'll pull out some interesting articles or interesting podcasts and I'll send them the links. Uh, they'll evaluate it in the next class. We'll talk about it. So we make sure that we keep up with today's topics. You know, you know is the U.S. going to attack Iran? You know, purchase of F-35s and uh, Aegis Ashore. So, I mean, so we, we stay current. And so, it, as I indicated, it keeps me... Uh, on my game, because if I'm going to provide a, uh, a quality product, you know, I have to be able to understand what's happening myself. Yeah, and, and I think everybody's at different levels, and, and everybody has different uh, reasons for learning. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's important for them to stay interested. So, you know, yeah, you can grab some common language book and teach them English, but like you said, these are guys who want to use business English, who want to use English to communicate in ways that that's more um, sophisticated than just, um, hey, what time is it? You know, um, what country do you want to go to? You know, like, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you have to tailor it. Yeah. My, my yeah. point yeah. is, yeah. Um, do, do you ever... <laughs> Do you ever come across like like interesting conversations that, for instance, Trump? Trump is all over the place, right? And and you almost you can't. It's like almost you can't avoid Trump when you're talking about anything political, anything with America. Which we know that in Japanese media, American news is all over the place, right? And, and probably seventy percent of it is Trump. So yeah, he, he he sucks all of the wind out of the room. I mean, <laughs> he he's, does. He's, and uh, but interestingly enough, um, I had about three or four classes today, and the conversation revolved around the upcoming Democratic debates, which are happening on the what Wednesday and Thursday of this week, and the lineup, and you know who's going to be the challenger to Donald Trump. So we, we have those kind of discussions, and uh, uh, I find those extremely interesting because it's something that I'm interested in. Even though I'm here, you know, I'm still there. I'm still an American, so you know, I can't, I can't ignore what's happening because you know people are interested, and especially the, you know, you know what's happening in the trade war. Okay, so the G20 is happening. Uh, what uh, this week is on the what Friday and Saturday. You know, will China and the U.S. will they come to some kind of a agreement um well 
probably not. You know, there'll be some kind of uh, meeting in which there'll be handshakes, there'll be pictures taken, there'll be some statement about progress, to talk about progress, but will there something be done specifically? I don't think so. Really, well, at least that's my, that's my opinion. So we, and then I have people who give their opinion about these kind of things. So, and then we touch on some very interesting and often not taboo, but very sensitive topics about whether the Constitution should be changed. Hmm. And, uh, and, so, and how, how good are these, uh, these Japanese uh, people at expressing themselves? And there's always a range. With these complicated there's always a range. There's okay. always a range. And so the higher-end clients uh, are better able to articulate their opinions. The ones, and, and, and this, is, this is something that I've found, and it's a mistake that people can fall into. It's that the fact that people can't express their opinions or articulate them cogently in English uh, doesn't mean that they don't have the opinion. And if they were able to express it in Japanese, you know, wow, it would be amazing. But uh, so I've, I've, I've learned to understand that because, you know, people are trying to learn a second language. I'm trying to learn Japanese and I've, I've taken the N5 test a couple of times and I've got to take it again. So, um, in fact, I do take it uh, July 7th. And this time, you know, I plan on knocking it out of the park. But, you know, so learning a different language is, is difficult. And so... Uh, People are able to express their opinion in, in a wide, there's a wide range of, of, uh, of diversity. Um, question I have is, do you ever, like, like Japanese, we know that Japanese is a, Japan is a different culture and how they express themselves. And, and I almost feel as if Americans generally are more opinionated and have more opinions about things than Japanese people do. Right. So what I'm thinking is, how do you get a Japanese person who's normally, uh, who typically doesn't give their opinion as much, to give opinions mm. in English mm. about things such as society and politics? Mm. And that's a that's a that's, tough that's question. That's a tough one. Right? Well, because it's two, there's there's well at least two aspects of that. Yeah. One is having the opinion, yeah. and one is having the language skills to yes. express it in you know a foreign language. Um, but I guess I, I'm always interested. Like we you you talked about okay maybe if they could express in their own language it'd be an amazing opinion. So a lot of times when they're struggling, I'll say okay tell me in Japanese first. Okay. And, and I don't understand Japanese that, <laughs> that well to get a, a political opinion. But I want to hear, do they speak, you know, for 30 seconds or a minute in their own language? So it could be any language. Okay. And if they can express that, okay, the, the idea is there, yeah. opinion is there. Now let's work on the language side. But if they're like, mm, even in Japanese, muzukashi, yeah. then okay, we got to deal with the critical thinking or the, exactly. not, the background. I've dealt with that recently a lot. There's the background knowledge side of it. It's just, what do you think, Iran in America? Will this come to a, a, a conflict? I don't know. So, you know, it, so where is this happening? It's in some water. It's a gulf. Is it Gulf of Aden, Gulf of Oman, Persian? What, what, what? I don't know enough Hormuz. to have an opinion, you know, and maybe to have an opinion without the background knowledge is, you know, I mean, how can you provide evidence there? So, and a lot of it is, I think, just the education background. 
of global issues or societal issues. Mm. So I want to confirm that's that that's there. And a lot of the, the classes that we do is reading the newspaper, maybe, uh, you know, reading background information and the vocabulary. And after that's built, then let's deal with, OK, what do you think about this issue now that we've read a couple different opinions? Maybe there's a Fox News source, maybe not. <laughs> and there's a, but yeah. several news sources and maybe we can judge the writer's opinion. And can we see the bias of that? <laughs> and can you see the slant? And gotcha. OK, I can understand that now the opinion might come out a little bit more uh, based on having researched a little I, bit. I've got uh, just one question that I like to ask. And of course, it's case by case. But uh, for many of the business clients, I like to ask, you know, what's the difference between traditional Japanese manufacturing thinking and Silicon Valley thinking? And, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, the, the answer generally is, um, when I think about Silicon Valley, I think about innovation and creativity and, 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 and freedom to think. Where in, in the Japanese traditional manufacturing environment, you know, it's kind of top-down, it's hierarchical, it's kind of difficult to, to get outside of that. So uh, I, I think uh, going back to the point about, you know, how to get people to express opinions, it's, uh, it, it, I think it's a function of the system and uh, the fact that it's been so focused on the input as we indicated that not that, the that that not the, so in so in the future you know as the situation evolves you know output's going to be a lot more important that old question how how about you what do you think think i think this how about you just that yeah, yeah, one question yeah, doesn't yeah. get asked. hey how are you today i'm fine oh, me thank you and me too thank you for asking yeah. you know just the the call the give and take the call and response both sides should be participating it's a conversation it's communication it's not just receiving um, so that kind of basic thing says, okay, I see where we are. Mm. You know, let's let's deal with that first, and then let's deal with the critical thinking or the opinion giving. Um, it's a it's a lot to deal with, but it's exciting. Hey. So you talked about the transition you, mm -hmm. you're going into right now. Can you elaborate more on that? Yeah. So um, I guess you know the the some of the words I'm using recently are headspace. Okay. Um, uh, planning, uh, strategy, um, just thinking and preparing, um, because I think it's it's so easy once you're working, you basically you work. And Tokyo, you keep working, Tokyo busy, and you just yes. and, and that's good. You want to be busy, you, busy, especially if as a freelancer or a contractor. The more busy you are, the more you get paid, and that's so you're focusing on becoming great at your craft, getting more clients, and just being as good as you can at your job. Um, however, if you're going to transition to doing something else, you need to you need to think, and you need to plan, and you need to network, and you need to allocate time and energy for that. So right now, that's really what I'm focusing on is you know just you know having enough time to to think, cool down, and plan and prepare and design what what does this look like? You know, you you've asked the great question: if somebody's going to go abroad, you know, is there a way to prepare them? Um, good question. I mean, maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but I need to think and maybe talk to some people. There might be a magic solution out there, or like you said, there is no magic. And, and Tom and I, about in 2015, created this platform, and it's called PeaceWorks. PeaceWorks Japan. And I guess you could call it a, it's a verb, PeaceWorks, or it's a meishi or a noun, PeaceWorks. And it's essentially, 
it's still evolving, and uh, but essentially it could be a platform to deliver content. And what's the content? For me, it could be, it's a blended approach. Maybe some is online and some is face-to-face. -face. Uh, it could be presentation material. It could be test preparation. I mentioned those before. It could be, you know, this subject of business English, whatever that happens to be. Uh, what negotiation, business writing, and all of those kind of topics. Uh, but uh, Tom and I have, we've, we've actually got the website up and it's been up for about a couple of years and so, but uh, quite frankly, you know, it's still in an evolutionary stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. I, I would, my, my dream would be to use this platform and connect with some of the people that I know, some of the, my retired colleagues, you know, back from university days. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to Hampton and also went to Howard University. So uh, I'd like to kind of reach back and find some of these people who are retired you know, who are just, you know, extremely academically brilliant and uh, introduce them to the platform and have them provide content, you know, to some of the clients here, you know, in whatever respective fields they are. Okay. You know, so just... just to ask you that. Yeah, you know, so, so let's just think that, you know, I know a friend who, who's a, a brilliant biologist. You know, wouldn't it be great to have a Skype lesson on how to, how to use microscope? So that's just just for example, mm -hmm. um, and it could be any discipline. You know, think just just think about the discipline. We have the resources, and of course, there's always the issue of time and, G, and what GISA time difference. But yeah. you know, if someone is actually dedicated enough to want to join the team, you know, they'll find the time. Mm -hmm. You know, if not, there'll be somebody else. So, I would hope that in the next year or so, that this platform could be developed such that. Uh, and we mentioned the term Tokyo busy. We're always busy. Uh, what I want to do is to be able to do something that's mine and not somebody else's or partial mine and to be compensated for something that I put together. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, collaboratively, you know, wouldn't it be great to do it, be, to do it with my son? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's my, my outlook for the future with PeaceWorks Japan. So you talked about the transition. This is for the DC English. Well, right? DC English is transferring from DC English school as a uh, just a neighborhood-based school to more of a uh, service or program-based where I can design and I mean I guess you know my dream would be to design programs or curriculums that can be used in school systems and universities and corporations because you know it works mm -hmm. and it can be tailored. It's it's flexible. It's been tested in the DC. It's been tested in Tokyo. And you know it has all the components. It's and got it can critical be measured. Thinkers. It can be measured. It's got the testing all in there. So um, that'd be an ideal for me, you know, as a designer of that. And but right now I've got to implement it. You know, I got to pilot it and I got to make it work. And so, um, but it's still under DC English. It's still I have a, a personal business, just as PeaceWorks, a personal business. I do believe, hey, you know, um, get incorporated, you know, at least, you know, get registered, you know, save those receipts, you know, and, um, you know, go ahead and give it to your accountant, you yes. know, and make it work. So, and, you know, move towards independence, at least yeah. mentally, yeah. because someday you never know that opportunity may come around and you want to be ready to say, oh, yeah, I have a business that's registered. So, oh, I can get a contract with you. 
sure, I've got a company. Get get your stuff, get your hunk ready, and make it happen. Mm. Versus scrambling and say, oh, registered? I think I can register. That That's not a good look. Yeah. Right. If the client's going to say, oh, yeah, I'm ready. I got, I got a client, a, a student. Can I study with you right now? Or can you come into my company? Yes, I got a name. It's registered. I can show you my paper. And it's with, ready to and go. And with mobility, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. You know, you can you can offer content from anywhere. Anywhere. So uh, we want to use the tools, uh, and also curriculum development is, is extremely important. So, so I would say, if we were to have this podcast next year, mm-hmm. I won't say that it's fully fleshed out, but certainly, you know, it's a long way down the road. Gotcha. Uh, or at least it's in some prototype or piloting stage, and we're learning lessons learned from it, so that we can offer you know a more sophisticated product sure. so. you know i love what you were saying because it reminded me of um you know when you were talking about tapping into your friends yeah. that you went to college with yeah. you know they're retired now yeah. but it doesn't matter whether you're retired because the knowledge is still there That's right and it reminded me of uh i was watching nightline or something like that where a lot of um senior citizens who are retired with all these degrees and everything, and they're getting them back into the school system to help tutor kids. And it's, it's you know, of course, they're using their minds again. They have something to look forward to and the fact that the kids are benefiting from it. So when you said that, it just kind of sparked that, damn, I can remember some things now. But it, it, it kind of sparked that memory when I watched that. And I was like, wow, that's that's what's up. You know, he's tapping into because yeah. no matter how old you are, you still have that that's right. knowledge, we're, we're, man. That's beautiful, bro. We, we, we are all, and I hope that we, especially the people that I'm talking to, we are lifelong learners. Oh. And, and that, that's the key. And I'm not sure that the people would be financially motivated. Not necessarily. Mm. I think they'd want to contribute. Of course, oh. time is money, so mm-hmm. everybody needs to be compensated for the time. But uh, so I would like to reach out to this amazing, vast network that I have of of of, uh, of resources. You wow, know, sophisticated resources. So, so to be determined. You know, we always talk about these things. We have these ideas, but Tom mentioned the term implement. Uh, you know, what do you do? I mean, do you take a risk and? put some things aside and dedicate time to think about and create this vision or you know do you just keep hustling and just at some point it'll gradually come to pass i think that's that's a that's a that's a kind of maybe on the horns of a dilemma mm. you know so i guess maybe i'm kind of on those horns in a sense but you know every day you know i'm 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 moving i'm moving gotcha. ahead you know that's what's up any uh, any advice for um, people who want to start a business here in Japan, like mm. you know, maybe English school or? Yeah, it's. Um, I know, I'm pretty it, sure you it, learned it, a lot along the way. Yeah, a, a part of me wants to say it's not easy. On the other hand, you know, another part of me said it's pretty easy. <laughs> okay. You know, the rules here are pretty open. You know, just register. You can get students, you can make business cards, you can make a website, use your network, just tell people, hey, I'm a teacher and I'm looking for students. You know, there's a huge market over here. There's not a lot of barriers. There's nobody checking to make sure you're certified or qualified or, you know, you need insurance for, you know, that if you're a small 
uh, operation. Basically, it's pretty uh, easy to start a business over here, from mm. my understanding. So, um, I've, I've been operating a business for years, never had any issues like that. So, um, pay your taxes. Uh, well, definitely pay your taxes. <laughs> definitely pay your taxes. Especially if you hire somebody, you have to withhold those 10% of those tax, 10.21 after the earthquake, withhold them and pay them to your government. You know, make sure you you uh, follow those basic rules. And, um, but other than that, you know, just, um, you know, be yourself. Every teacher has their own, you know, style and their own people that are going to be attracted to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will, your students will stick with you. That's one reason I started an English school is because it is very stable and sustainable mm-hmm. to give me the time I need to develop whatever comes next. Um, so, uh, even if your goal isn't to be an English teacher, but your goal is to do something that's going to take some time to develop, well, you know, something pays the bills. Absolutely. And, and English teaching def- definitely does that. And don't get lazy. Always deliver a quality product. Yes. You know, don't, and don't, don't be presumptuous about your clients. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're, they're looking. They, they sense. They know. Mm-hmm. Their English fluency may not be so astute, but they know. So always deliver. You got to keep working on your craft. That's yeah, right. I mean, that, yes, it pays the bills, but yeah. it will not pay the bills if you don't That's do a good job. And so yeah. All it takes is anywhere. one bad word. There you go. Yep. And yep. it spreads like wildfire. Spread. Yeah. We heard viral. <laughs> Especially here in Tokyo, it's very yeah. competitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's unknown to. It's very interesting how it happens. You, you don't hear about it, mm-hmm. but it's happening. And so you have to assume you know, everything that happens is being posted on the, <laughs> on the, on the Japanese Facebook, right, which right. is that network yeah. that you don't get to hear about. Right, exactly. right, right. Girl, you heard? <laughs> well, they say advertisement is, uh, word of mouth is the best form of advertisement, mm. but I guess it could go in the opposite direction if you're not delivering a good product, too. Mm. It's like, and and just, just to kind of come back to your point about, you know, transitioning. So Tom and I tried to collaborate uh, at least, at, sometimes it depends on schedule. But, you know, at least once every week or two face-to-face. But uh, I would say over the last year, uh, we make sure that we are in touch. Sometime about business stuff, catching up, you know, family, home. But for the most part, I would say 90% of our collaboration is about the business. Um you know, he's got lots of experience. Uh, his library and resources are amazing. So, you know, so whenever, if I'm working with clients and they talk about a textbook, you know, Tom's already got it. And he has this amazing Google repository with so much stuff. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. And also, and I'm kind of giving him some props, when he created the school, he also created an amazing back end. So the administrative piece, which allows you to do what? Um, online reservations from students, uh, mm. online payments by credit card, you know, just automate as much as I can. So I don't have to worry about any of that. You know, of course, I do some invoicing, but I create the invoice. They can pay by credit card. They can do reservations. They can access their lesson records and lesson notes. So as much as possible, use the technology to really make it, you know, easy for me to manage by myself. And just this, if there's some outreach, you know, yes, Japanese staff is useful for that. But for the most part, after having up to 15 teachers and uh, 
uh, five staff members at one point. Now I'm down to me <laughs> and one virtual assistant. And it just took time to really figure out what I really needed to hand off to somebody. Mm-hmm. And that really looked like maybe 5%, <laughs> you know. You know, paying taxes, that's nice to have. My wife is taking care of that part and that mm. back end. That's really great. But, you know, teaching and bookings and, you know, even invoicing. You know, most of my students, okay, the invoice is in English, but they can read a number. You know, Absolutely, yeah, that's fine. yes. You know, and they're of a, of a you know high enough level or they are motivated enough to say, okay, I want to do this in English. And for me, hey, this is just part of the English class. Let's do yes. business English by yes. doing business. Yes. Absolutely. So, so, that's, so, 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 so there's another component of this. And uh, Tom is evolving. And I mentioned PeaceWorks Japan. But in a sense, uh, we can be each other's customers. So for PeaceWorks Japan, I need a back end. So who do I outsource my back end work to? Tom. Your son. Okay. Yeah. So... So there's some reciprocity here, but yes. the, well, for me, I need a network. Yeah, you need a network. Okay, <laughs> so me to a network? so so <laughs> what we're saying is that the, the infrastructure, if not completely in place, is it, it it's there. So all we're doing is sort of adding to it. So so it's it's evolving mm, to be developed. To be developed. To be determined. To be developed. <laughs> Keep it in the family, y'all. Keep it in the family. Yep. yep. Right. Yeah, we got more family members. You know, I think they're probably waiting. Okay, you guys have had five, six years. You know, what's up? When are yeah. we when are we coming to Japan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On, 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 on the company's dime. <laughs> and then it'll be like Peace Incorporated. Hey. There you go. There you All go. Right. All right, fellas. All I think right, that's man. it. Um, you got any shout outs, social media shout outs? Or you don't shout have outs. to. But, wow. Um, who, who, who not to shout out? There's, there's, okay. How about you? you go or like plug a bus- your, your website plug or something like that? Um, yeah, he talked about PeaceWorks. Hey, I'm, I'm at dc-english.com, you know, if you're interested just to see see what's going on there. But basically, you know, Tom Peace, you know, T-H-O-M-P-E-A-C-E, you know, you can find me. Okay. And PeaceWorks Japan is peaceworksjapan.com. All right. That's what's up. Okay. With the Peace Brothers. Peace. Peace. We could be brothers. <laughs> we, two brothers? Well, yeah, they are. Two brothers who <laughs> two are brothers. brothers. Yeah, who are brothers. <laughs> Who's brothers, yeah. but one of them goes by the name of father. Mm, yeah, for senior. clarification. <laughs> senior. We I'm have senior. a father and son dynamic duo here That's in the Mobile up, Man baby. Cave with us, and they're doing great things, and Peace that wraps it up. Peace Y'all do out. consulting, too? Oh, oh, of course. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so y'all know what's up when y'all come to Japan and y'all want to look for some getting y'all things on the on the road. If you want to see some live music, oh, live music, definitely. We got uh, we got so many so many friends and performers out there. You're in a oh, band, man. right? I'm in a band, uh, Takashi Umemiya and the Comrades, doing a little reggae right now. Oh, um, nice. for me, I I do my own uh, blues and uh, pop rock, you know, on the bass and the vocals. So mm. you know, all kind of projects. You know. Well, you know, that's. Right when I met you and you told me you played the bass, I called you Thunder Thumb. Oh yeah, the, uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the brothers. Yeah, the yeah, brothers, the yeah, the brothers Johnson. Brothers Johnson. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. All right, fellas. All right. That's it. Peace, Thank you peace, very much. peace out. Peace out. Peace out from Tokyo. Thank you for listening to the Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. For more episodes, please visit rump.podbean.com, or you can head straight to Google and type in Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, 
and wherever you can stream or download podcasts.